0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz
1: every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Sunday, February 11th, 2024.
2: I'm Dave Anthony. President Biden insists he did not commit a crime after the special counsel recommended no charges in the investigation into the president's mishandling of classified documents. The
0: only question is whether you can prove intent. And since the statute says gross negligence and the prosecutor found willfulness, uh, I don't really understand not charging him.
1: I'm Jessica Rosenthal. Former President Trump won the Nevada caucus, picking up the state's delegates, but Nikki Haley says she isn't going anywhere and President Biden's campaign may be in damage control.
3: In this game of politics, whether you're winning or losing, if you've got the money, you've got the time. This is the Fox News Rundown from Washington.
2: It let him off the hook legally. But a special counsel investigation has led to more concern about President Biden mentally.
4: I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet.
2: Well, that's not what special counsel Robert Herr concluded in his report after investigating the president's mishandling of classified documents while he recommended no criminal charges are warranted. He says they did consider a jury might be sympathetic to the president being a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory and it would be difficult to convince that jury to convict a man well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness.
4: My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president.
2: The special counsel wrote in their interviews with President Biden, he forgot dates, like when he was vice president and couldn't remember when his son, Beau Biden, died.
4: How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business.
2: Now, Republicans have long called the president unfit.
3: He is confused, and he is, uh, he's not there.
2: GOP Congressman Ralph Norman tells Fox Business.
3: Our foreign adversaries sense uh, blood in the water. They sense weakness.
2: Some Republican lawmakers are calling on the Biden cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment which would allow them to remove the president from office. But President Biden insists... I'm the most
4: qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started.
2: And as for the documents investigation, the president also insists...
4: The fact is they made a firm conclusion. I did not break the law, period.
2: The special counsel heard did conclude that the president willfully retained classified documents from his days as VP in his garage and in an old office... And he knew he was not allowed to do so.
0: Well, I think if it's the report is intended to be an explanation for why Biden was not indicted, uh, it's very flawed.
2: Andy McCarthy is a Fox News contributor and a former federal prosecutor, an assistant DA in the Southern District of New York.
0: If it was instead meant to be a predicate for invoking the Twenty Fifth Amendment, uh, it was a it was a smashing success. But I don't I don't suspect that that's uh, what the purpose was. Um, I think it's flawed because um, the rationale that they give for not uh, charging Biden doesn't make any sense. The special counsel found that he willfully retained classified information, national defense information, uh, in places where it was not supposed to be, transmitted it to people who weren't authorized to have it. Um, The problem with making a willfulness finding, which I think the evidence compelled, is that the statute, uh, which President, uh, former President Trump has been charged with in Florida for, in dozens of counts, uh, a provision of the statute makes it a crime to mishandle classified information through glo- gross negligence. So gross negligence is a much easier standard for prosecutors to prove than willfulness. So he didn't even, it seems to me, give much consideration to charging what the law makes a 10 year felony. And I suspect that the reason that they had to rely on how sympathetic he would be with a jury, I, I thought, Dave, that was very telling because if a prosecutor prosecutors thinking about what kind of impression is the defendant going to make on a jury? He already has checked all the boxes that he can prove every all the acts that need to be proven to prove a crime. Okay. In other words, if the case gets to the jury, the guy has the guy has engaged in the guilty conduct. The only question is whether you can prove intent. Okay. And since the statute says gross negligence, and the prosecutor found willfulness, uh, I don't really understand not charging him.
2: Well, this is the question I have. We dealt with this with the Mueller investigation and the whole Trump Russia stuff. He's a sitting president, right? The Justice Department doesn't indict or charge a sitting president,
0: correct? Correct. Although he may he took pains to say, as Mueller did, uh, that the reason for his declination his his decision not to file charges was not the just Justice Department guidance that a sitting president cannot be indicted. But by the way, I I've never thought that guidance was correct. I, I don't see any downside um, to indicting a sitting president under seal and then unsealing it once he becomes uh, a a private citizen. The reason I say that is that guidance explicitly is not intended to put the president in a better position than a normal person who'd be charged. It's just a respectful recognition of the difficulties and awesome responsibilities of the presidency. If you don't indict him because of that um, provision or that guidance the statute of limitations continues to run. And if he's president long enough, then he can't he, he can't be charged. He can't stand trial. The guidance is not a, is not meant to give the president that kind of an advantage.
2: OK, now former President Trump as you said, is facing dozens of charges in an unrelated classified documents case from when he left office. He, he says this is proven to be a two-tiered system, unconstitutional, selective prosecution. He demands his charges be dropped. Here's what President Biden said on Thursday night regarding the two different cases.
4: The special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear, continuing to quote, most notably, After giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to
0: lie about it. What do you think? That's an excellent rationale for charging Trump with obstruction of justice. It is incoherent as a defense for Biden on classified documents. Okay. So the thing is, what they're saying is because Trump obstructed justice, we should charge him not only with obstructing justice, but with dozens of Espionage Act offenses for mishandling classified uh, documents. But because Biden didn't obstruct justice, we should close our eyes to the other felonies, which makes no sense. You know, in this country, the reason obstruction is a crime is because all Americans are expected to comply with lawful investigative demands, including, you know, subpoenas and and demands that people turn over uh, relevant information in a criminal investigation. We don't give people awards for doing what they're supposed to do. We don't give people awards for not obstructing investigators. We indict the people who do obstruct the investigators. So that whole thing is not only a red herring. I, I personally find it foolish on Biden's part. I think that if he really wanted to uh, recoup some standing here, what he ought to do is pardon Trump on the classified, the dozens of classified information counts or national defense information counts in the Florida indictment and reduce it down to an obstruction case. If what they're saying Is the reason that Trump should be charged and Biden shouldn't is because Trump obstructed, then charge him with obstruction and get rid of all the other stuff so that at least they're being treated equally.
2: Now, the president says, look, I never shared this information. The the ghostwriter, there's a whole about a ghostwriter where he he denies he did that. And he also says that it's misleading. He never willfully did, you know, detained these records. I mean, the president's very defiant.
0: Yeah, except the problem is that, number one, the evidence shouts out that he did it willfully. In many ways, his offense is, I don't want to say worse, but at least different in a disturbing way from Trump's in the sense that he's a serial violator going back decades, and he had this information in various different unsafe places, which indicates that this was habitual with him. Um, So obviously that's why the prosecutor found that he – acted willfully. And again, I I would come back to this. I feel like I'm in the, the Hillary Clinton deja vu. But the statute says if a person has been trusted with national defense information and he mishandles it through gross negligence, then that's a 10 year felony. And if the prosecutor found willfulness, it should be a slam dunk to prove gross negligence. And while that debate over classified documents
2: and the president's mental fitness was the big story that ended Thursday, the day started with a big case at the Supreme Court. The Trump challenge to a Colorado ruling, removing the former president from the state's primary ballots.
0: We are here because for the first time since the War of 1812, our nation's capital, came under violent assault.
2: Jason Murray argued for the Colorado voters who sued to take the Trump name off the ballot there, claiming... Former President Trump incited an insurrection with the Capitol riot in 2021, and that should disqualify him in 2024, citing a provision of the Constitution.
1: The question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States.
2: And Murray faced skepticism from all nine justices, from Elena Kagan there to Brett Kavanaugh here.
3: What about the idea that um, we should think about democracy, think about the right of the people to elect Uh, candidates of their choice uh, of letting the people decide, because your position has the effect of disenfranchising uh, voters to a significant degree.
2: Now, Andy, I know you listened to the hearing. What do you think?
0: Well, it was clear that they are the Colorado side of the litigation is going down in flames. I think it'll be a nine nothing decision. I think Justice Soto Mayor was a little kindlier to the Colorado side in her questions, but even she seemed to be on board with the idea that a single state uh, should not be able to bar a presidential, national presidential candidate from uh, from the ballot. Uh, I think it's interesting that if you if you put away the you know we're we're always Dave. very intent on looking at the partisan affiliation of the justices. And I don't I'm not criticizing that. I do it myself. But I think sometimes we we conflate partisan with ideological and they're importantly different. And in this case, it meant Colorado had no chance because with respect to the originalist side of the court, the conservative judges, they had problems with the text of the 14th Amendment, which doesn't support their his uh, their position And they have problems with the history of the amendment, which doesn't support their position. What we we those who thought that they would that the progressive, the three progressive judges on the court would take the anti-Trump Democrat position, I think, uh, mislead themselves because these three justices are committed progressives. And there is nothing that's more important legally and historically to the, to the progressive project in American governance than the 14th Amendment and its effect of moving power, shifting power from the states to the central government. And what Colorado was asking them to do was allow a state to decide who could run for the most important national office. Under circumstances where the purpose of the Fourteenth Amendment was to restrict the states, yeah, well, yeah so I don't think this they amendment
2: Andy, in this amendment, it, it was it's clear if you led a rebellion or an insurrection and you had already uh, had an oath to the Constitution, you can no longer uh, you cannot hold another office. They're saying that you know former President Trump fits that.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, this, it doesn't say you can't run for office, right? It says you can't be. So one of, part of the problem Colorado has is they're expanding what the, the meaning of the amendment. Uh, there's no way they're going to let a state do that. But the point you make, Dave, is an interesting one, because unless the court straightens out what an insurrection factually is, which I think they're going to try to stay a million miles away from, it does set up the possibility that if Trump were to win the election at the next January 6th, at the next joint session of Congress, where. They would certify the uh, election winner. You have the specter potentially of Democratic members of Congress trying to invoke Section 3 in order to trop- stop Trump from being seated.
2: Wow. And because that's that's where the hold office part comes into play. But so you think the court's going to focus just on that element of it, not insurrection?
0: Yeah, because I think they figure they may never have to deal with insurrection. The one thing they can get consensus on is that procedural thing.
2: Andy McCarthy, former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Fox News contributor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today.
1: Former President Trump easily won the Nevada caucus, picking up the state's 26 delegates. He was the only real competitive candidate in that caucus. Nikki Haley's name was on the state's primary ballot Tuesday. She lost to the none of these candidates option by over 30 points. Trump thanked his supporters from Las Vegas. So I'd like to
4: congratulate none of the
1: above. I was one of those
4: none of ever above. I was one of them. No, I saw I watched that last night and they won by 44 points. None of the above. So I want to congratulate. But seriously, we have to get back. This was a great day. This was
1: a great night. Haley told Fox News at Night anchor Trees Gallagher, Nevada Republican Party officials are in the tank for Trump. I mean, we were told several months ago what a scam this was. I mean, you've got basically people who are under indictment at the GOP that's that worked with Trump on getting this done. They also worked towards the primary. We knew the whole thing was rigged. And so we didn't put a dollar or a day into it. This was totally expected. She insists she's in the race through Super Tuesday, planning to zero in on her home state of South Carolina first. President Biden won the Democratic primary in Nevada, with the none of these candidates option beating only his lone challenger on the ballot, Marianne Williamson. But he had to answer questions about his age and mental acuity this past week after a special counsel report concluded he would not face charges over keeping classified documents because a jury would likely be sympathetic to him as an elderly man with a poor memory.
4: My memory is not my memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on.
1: But will such a characterization of the president in those legal documents impact his campaign?
3: When Dana and I opened our program, we knew that the U.S. Supreme Court was going to give audio arguments that we could listen to, which I always find to be a dramatic moment for the court.
1: Bill Hemmer is co-anchor of America's Newsroom on Fox News.
3: We also knew at the end of the day, but 11 o'clock East Coast time, that we were going to get results from the Nevada caucus. What we did not know was what was going to happen in between. And it was, I, I would argue, is a bit of a whipsaw. When President Biden chose to come out and address the special counsel's findings at 4.30 in the afternoon, and he said he pretty much exonerates me and I, I behaved very differently from President Trump, I thought the commentary, if you listen to cable news, if you listen to the broadcast uh, television networks at 630, all of their focus went to the commentary about his mental condition and his his personal health. And I'm guessing here, but I think a lot of that really got under his skin. And if I were him, when somebody accused me of not remembering the year that my son died, for such a seminal moment in his life, I'd I'd probably get my dander up too. And he made the decision to come out and defend himself on that. And unfortunately, he he, he took the shovel a little deeper into that hole. So through all of that, whether it was the Supreme Court or Nevada or now the special counsel, all the focus has shifted to, you're 81, you want to be reelected. Should we... The American people trust that you have the mental acuity to continue along this campaign. Now, if you're asking me, I still believe and I have felt I, I've held true to this. Joe Biden still will be the Democratic nominee until someone proves me otherwise. Hmm. Um, and that, that, that's my position as of today. So I, I think I think the week was bad, frankly. He had a lot of different verbal gaffes here in Manhattan when he was traveling through New York. It it was a bad week. Is it a killer? Maybe not. Ultimately, Jess, the man in power holds the ability to make this decision. No one else. His wife can influence him. Others around him can influence him, his family. But it's his call. And just as a reminder, in more than 50, close to 60 years now, we have had only one U.S. president who chose not to run for a second term. And that was way back in 1968.
1: It, it, it will really come down also, if we're talking about, you know, a campaign to people, voters assessing for themselves, you know, using their own intuition and watching this president. He always says, watch me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's what people will I guess we'll be doing yeah. over the, the course of you these know, uh,
3: you know, Doctor Mark Siegel, right? I I, I thought you know he, he's a thoughtful guy who wrote a great piece in the New York Post, and I just want to read one line to you. He says, "I think we the people need to consider fitness and mental acuity as opposed to linear age."
4: Hmm.
3: I think about that, right? You 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 know, we we all have people who get up there in the years and they're slower with this, that, and the other. But the point that Siegel's making is that. Just because you're 81 doesn't mean you're ca- not capable, but if your fitness is in question and/ or your mental sharpness, that's different from that's different from a birthday and I, I think that's a very important distinction as we go through this uh, debate.
1: Well, let's turn to Nevada. The strange nominating contests (plural). Um, Nikki Haley lost the Nevada primary to none of these candidates. Was that a snub to her for snubbing Nevada, or was it Nevada Republicans just saying, "Sorry, we're with Donald Trump"?
3: Can I tell you, Jess? I don't, I don't know anyone who had none of these candidates on the bingo card to
1: win.
3: <laughs> I know. I, no, no one said it publicly that I heard. And so I, I think it was a huge surprise. I, I, I do believe it was a blow to her campaign. It might be short-lived. Nevada kind of, it was, it was really screwy when they passed this law to hold a primary. Then the state party said, no, we're still going to have a caucus. And not yeah. only that, but we're going to have a caucus. And all the delegates, all 26 will come from that caucus and none from the primary. So some of these candidates, back when there were six, seven, eight of them running, some of them signed up for the primary. Trump's decided he'll, he'll stick with the caucus. It, it was all kind of sideways. You've had, with the exception of the Virgin Islands that came in, it was good news for Trump there as well. You've had three major contests in three different states. All right. South Carolina is still two weeks, two and a half weeks away. You had Iowa, in which Trump won 98 counties. Nikki Haley won one. You had New Hampshire, where Trump won nine counties, and Nikki Haley won one. You had 17 counties in Nevada, and Trump won all of them. Now we move to her home turf. I I don't know how it's going to go for her, but all the polling suggests that he will win in a romp. Then what does she do? Well, we know through Fox Digital and the reporting from earlier this week that she's still raising a lot of money. was out in California doing just that. And in, in, in this game of politics, whether you're winning or losing... If you've got the money, you've got the time.
1: It's, I was, it's true. Sixteen and a half million in January, and I, one of my questions for you was: As long as you have the money, you can play.
3: Yeah, you can. Whether you lose two to one or not, or whether it's a close right. race, or you know, and 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 just like this is Joe Biden's decision that we mentioned, this is her decision too.
1: Before we get to Super Tuesday, because we know that's where she's headed, or where she insists she's sticking out through the sticking, you know, she's sticking through the race through then. I wanted to ask you about the messaging, because I think we all thought after New Hampshire, okay, let's let's see. Let's see what her messaging um, becomes. Does it shift? Does it change? It, I, I wonder your thoughts, because it doesn't sound like it's changing too much. And I wonder if it's, is it connecting? Because she's saying, look, I want you to play a math game. If you believe polling, she's saying, I do better against Biden. And even if you're not excited about picking me, pick me because Trump is too chaotic. It, it seems more of a logical approach rather than an emotional one. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong?
3: Very interesting. How would I answer that? Um couple of things here. I've looked at the polling on Super Tuesday. It heavily favors Trump. And, and a lot of these states, his campaign has been smart to get ahead of the game. And they've moved big states like California. I think it's 155 delegates. It's winner take all. So if you get the most percentage points, you're going to get all the delegates. And the, r- right now, Trump has a commanding lead in that state, just like he does in many of these other states. So I, I don't know how she catches up. A lot of theories have been out there. One of them is this, that if something happens to Trump in one of these court cases he East offers a setback, then she would be there to pick up the remains and continue her campaign. I, I don't know if that's what they're thinking now, but that's, that, that's one theory that's on the table. The other thing is this. If, if, if you're going to have really rich people give you a lot of money, <laughs> then uh, you, you can pay your bills. But what we saw in New Hampshire, she had events and they, they were not well populated and I, th- I think the results in New Hampshire probably prove that. And I, I don't know what's going to happen in her home state. But in 2016, I think there were six Republicans still in the running at that moment. Oh. And trying to remember how many counties in that state. I can't recall off the top of my head. I will know by then. Um <laughs> And Marco Rubio had won two counties.
1: Yes, Charleston area and Columbia area.
3: Bingo, yes, you know that. And Trump won every other one. And that was with four, five, six candidates in the race. Now that it's one-on-one, I think there's a chance, you know, that Trump could won the t- win the, uh, run the table, excuse me. If he does not, however, then I, I would look to Charleston, her hometown, and I would look to Richland County where uh, Columbia is that you just mentioned as well. As far as chaos goes... The Democrats have tried to use this argument against Trump, and Nikki Haley has tried to use it as well. I think we can debate whether or not it's been effective to this point, because what Trump's saying right now is, you want chaos, you've already got it. And a lot of people who support him, and even those who are maybe on the fence, may buy into his argument over time. When you think about the border at home, when you think about the trouble in the Middle East, um when you think about the special counsel's report that they chose not to put him on trial because they considered him too old. Trump's going to make this case that the chaos is in front of you and the voters will decide whether or not Trump has proven that.
1: Okay. One more for you, Bill, because, um, the former president has had a lot happening this past week in his legal world. Um, the Supreme Court heard arguments over kicking Trump off the ballot in Colorado. Uh, federal appeals court says he does not have immunity in his January 6th federal case. Upcoming this week, we're gonna have a hearing in Georgia regarding Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis. Uh, one of Trump's RICO co-defendants says that Willis's romantic relationship with an attorney she brought on the team who's getting taxpayer dollars, spent money on like lavish vacations, that included Fonnie Willis. The former president is finding ways to give press conferences and speeches, whether it's outside Mar-a-Lago or courthouses, and then he travels to Nevada or New Hampshire, and he still is back on the campaign trail. Um, he's navigating all of this, and as he does, we get yet another poll that says if he is convicted of a felony, he would lose to President Biden by, in this case, six points. What do you make of, of all of this and how he's navigating this as that possibility um, facing you know, multiple felony counts still looms large over the year?
3: A couple of things I would add. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not well versed in it. And that first hour of the arguments on Thursday, I had to ask Andrew Chuchaski, can you please interpret this for me? Uh, I said, had I gone to law school, would I understand this? He said, no. I said, so I need more legal training than law school. He said, you need to be a dork on the U.S. Supreme Court. I said, well, that ain't going to happen. A couple of things here. I, I think ultimately there's a case out there that questions presidential immunity. And from my interpretation, that's the whole ball of wax. And if the U.S. Supreme Court takes that and they rule in his favor, all these cases die. Now, Andy McCarthy is, is the brightest legal mind that I know. I don't know if he's ever been wrong yet. And I called him this week and I said, so I understand the brief that they're making on behalf of immunity is really strong. And some people believe that it's stronger, actually, than the case that's come out of Colorado. He said, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. He said, I don't think the Supreme Court will take the immunity matter. I said, oh, oh, not the answer I was expecting. (laughs) And I said, if that's the case, then you're tried at a lower court. You can't achieve immunity, which means you have the likelihood of being convicted. You can always appeal. And I know what you're saying about the polls. I would just say that's what they're saying now. And maybe they'll be the same if there is a conviction. Maybe they could be worse for Trump. But the the pattern kind of runs against that. And the pattern may, over time, show us that his support is okay even with a conviction. And wouldn't that be something come November?
1: (laughs) Indeed. Bill Hemmer, thank you so much for joining us.
3: You got it, Jess. Nice to be with you.
1: That'll do it for this edition of the Fox News Rundown from Washington. Tomorrow, Louisiana Representative Clay Higgins, a member of the House Oversight Committee, weighs in on special counsel Robert Hur's report on the Biden documents investigation. Plus, with Valentine's Day next week, we take a look at how dating apps have changed relationships and our culture. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. Thanks for listening to the Fox News Rundown from Washington.
2: Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.